November 8, 2018, it's Watt from Pedro Show.
Waffle Peter Show. Hey, brother man. Yeah, two, two weeks in a row. Yeah, can you believe? <laughs> Might be a beginning of a new era. Yeah. Or a continuation. <laughs> People, we've been doing this 17 and a half years. All shows archived. TWFPS.com. Close to 500 or so? Oh, almost six. Jeez. Because while you've been in yeah, absent, you, Watts been on the like, awesome. steroid. <laughs> Watts from Pedro st- a show steroid and. Uh, oh, hotline. The least. Listen to that. Oh, that's, that might, you, that but, might be our guest from Gainesville, Florida. Oh, welcome back. That is me. Bill Bryson. Welcome aboard, Bill. Hello. We Thank st- you. We start off the show today uh, with Sunstar, the alternate version off of uh, Sunship from John Coltrane, and then Convalescence with Quitters Never Lose, an uh, earlier band of. Mr. Bill Bryson. Uh, Bill, can you tell me your um, earliest musical memory? Gosh, my earliest musical memory has got to be like AM Top 40 radio from the 70s. That's what was my soundtrack to my childhood. And uh, where was this? Indianapolis, Indiana. Right. And uh, you know what? In the older days, AM radio was big. It was everything, man. It was so diverse, and it's just—I mean, a lot of a lot of schlock on it, but a lot of great music too. And that's that's sort of in my DNA now. Okay, Bill. What about in the pad? Was your uh, your fam? Anybody in your family players? Well, my mom would not admit to being a player, but she played the oboe in the marching band in college. Oh, whoa! <laughs> yeah. I don't know many marching bands with oboes. <laughs> Right, exactly. And so you know what they say about the oboe, it, it really cuts through. There's something yeah, about sure that does. frequency, yeah. You know what else I heard about it? Since it's a double read like the bassoon, uh, a lot of dudes in their older years get strokes because you got to focus oh. the wind so narrow. Blow a fuse, huh? Yeah, blow a fuse. <laughs> right. You know, it's a trip. That oh, wow. Familia Sangria in... Uh, Barcelona, that big church that Gaudi, Mr. Gaudi, made this fancy. Still got another 20 years, I think, to build. You know how usually you see the angels playing harps? Well, there the angels play bassoons. Wow. <laughs> Ain't that weird? <laughs> so, okay, so your mom played oboe. Uh, wh- what about in the pad? Was there musical instruments, Bill? There were. They, my parents were very good about just immersing me and my sister into any and all activities, and so piano lessons were part of that. Guitar lessons were a little bit of a part of that, and then I picked up the saxophone in sixth grade and played it in sixth and seventh grade. So there was, you know, there was a little bit of music around us all the time. The stereo wasn't on all the time. They didn't listen to a lot of music. They were, if the, you looked at their record collection, the biggest chunks were John Denver and Neil Diamond. Okay. Uh, when you played sax in the school band, uh, was it the marching band too? No, just the, the concert band. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. And what was it? Tenor? Alto. Alto, Alto. little one. Okay. Uh, not the littlest, but the cannonball athletes. It's, it's, it's the easiest. That's why I picked that one. <laughs> but, but isn't all the fingering the same? Oh, yeah, you gotta you move less air. Mm. Yeah, I think that's probably it. Yeah. Well, John Coltrane, he started with the alto. Mm. And then after Cleanhead Vincent, um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, Blew his horn. No, uh, <laughs> the time he played with him. Uh, uh. Yeah. <laughs> Cleanhead told him, John, you should take it to uh, oh, town. Wow. And then later on, of course, everybody knows about him going to the soprano. Wow. 
But uh, uh, you had a clean head, Vincent. He, he lived in L.A. towards the end of his life. Well, he's he's quite John, a bit there. Leon yeah. played for that yeah. man. Walked wow. the bar. You man. Can believe that shit. Wow. Yeah, yeah, I know. Mind blow. Mind blow. Uh, so, Bill, um, can you remember the first, since your parents, John, little John Denver, little Neil mm-hmm. Diamond type, what was the first record you bought yourself? Well, the first record I bought with my own money was um, a record I discovered when when my family moved to England. We lived in London when I was in 8th, ninth, and 10th grade, which was 1979 to 1982. And like I said, I was a top 40 kid growing up in Indiana. So when I moved to England, I discovered Top of the Pops, which you might know about. TV show, yeah, with music. TV show, yeah, but it was sort of, I assumed it was their equivalent to Top 40, but it was so different than what I was hearing in America at the time, and Boomtown Rats, I Don't Like Mondays, was a big hit when I first arrived there, and so I bought The Fine Art of Surfacing just after hearing that song. So the first record you bought yourself was actually in England? Yeah, yeah, I was 14. And what about the first gig you went to? Well, that was another cool experience, um... For me, in England, I'll tell you, the first concert I went to, my parents took us to see Neil Diamond, but when I moved to England, in London, my parents gave me a lot of freedom, and so I got to go to concerts whenever I wanted to, so I actually saw Ted Nugent at the Hammersmith Odeon, the first concert I saw. (laughs) Odeon, I think it's called... uh... Great White Buffalo there. (laughs) I'm boy dudes. I think... (laughs) What they call it, because I did some Stooges gigs there. They got another name for it these days. Yeah, but they've changed the name and probably... It depends who, what the beer corporate, company owns. corporate name now. <laughs> yeah. what, oh, what a, oh, they call it the Apollo, the Hammersmith Apollo. Uh, That's what they call it. Oh, really? But uh, in old days, yeah. like all them live records, you look at the credits, uh, they all say Hammersmith Odeon. Odeon. Oh, my God. It's like yeah. on the west side. So, uh, uh, that broke the Who's volume level was at that little venue. <laughs> right, right. In fact, the, with the Stooges, I did all of Fun House with Ronnie. On guitar, and then all of uh, Rock Power with James Williams. Mm. I remember wow. we were doing, uh, getting near the end of the gig, the Rock Power one, and Egg comes at me and he takes his belt off. And I'm thinking, Egg, just not the buckle, man. <laughs> just turn around. <laughs> <laughs> he came up to me and he whooped the deck right in front of me. So, you know, showbiz, you know, he's working the gig, he's working the room. But I was just saying, just not the buckle. <laughs> so, so, uh, you're going to school there. Oh, oh, did you meet Cat? Did you do music at school there? Uh, I did in the eighth grade when I got there, but I stopped because I was too lazy to carry my saxophone on the subway. <laughs> oh wow! Okay, you mean you couldn't leave I, it in the classroom? You had to bring it home for like for practice. Every day, yeah, okay. and I wasn't very good. That was part of it too. You know, it was just discouraging, and I, I, the, I wasn't a big kid, and carrying that thing on the subway was a drag every yeah, day. So yeah. But towel. you know what? Their subway is pretty good, huh? What do they call it? Tube? Oh, yeah, tube, man. What yeah. a way to travel. I love right. it. It's pretty efficient. Uh, SoCal. But with the earthquakes, maybe that's <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Right in December, well, just, I think uh, Mr. Musk has got some big... Oh, his... Uh, uh, the City, right? He's going to bore some yeah. big ass to Hawthorne. Yeah, maybe. a shortcut to work. Yeah. Didn't like traffic. Right. So what about the other thing, Bill? Like uh, after school... Uh, the garage band, basement band, bedroom band, that kind of thing, with uh, your school friends? You know, I never got to do that. I had a friend that played electric guitar, and he would bring it over, and I like to make music, make sounds with it, but I, I, have, I have this genetic syndrome that makes my fingers 
inflexible and so I, I, I tried to play guitar but I could just never do it and you know later on I, I kind of configured my own bass with just two strings and could sort of make some some music with that but fingering with with stringed instruments has never been something I could really do and so I just kind of accepted that for a long time and and you know into my un, until I was 30 or I mean I would well I opened my club when I was 26 and a big motivation for that was because I couldn't play an instrument I didn't think I could be a performer and so I wanted to be around music and musicians so I said I'm going to open a rock club and do it that way and then you know a few years into that I got invited to be in that band and then all of a sudden I realized I could be in a band and perform okay yeah we're getting a little ahead there so okay so you're messing around on a guitar the family comes back they don't go back to Indianapolis we did go back to Indianapolis in 1982 where I finished high school okay a couple of years yeah because where I meet you is in Gainesville yes sir Okay, so well, we, met, we actually met in Chapel Hill, but that was just barely meeting each other when Firehose played back at the Cat's Cradle when I worked there. Oh, what, like you hired me on the corner? I did a male prostitute thing? <laughs> 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 no, no, no. Uh, one of Frank Heath's, right? There was four Cat's Cradles. Or there are. Yeah, I was there in eight and 90 until 92. And when I moved here in 92, I left. Chapel Hill, but I worked for Frank that whole time. Yeah, Frank's great, great cat, man. Great cat. Uh, okay, okay. Because, uh, okay, so from there, and, and what made you, uh, did you go from Indianapolis to Chapel Hill? Yeah, well, I went to Chapel Hill in 84 for college. Ah, okay. I what, like Tar Heel? Yeah, Tar Heel, yeah. Okay. James Worthy. Yeah. Big game, James. Okay, yeah. and then and then what, what, uh, what motivated you to Get to Tom Petty's town, Gators. Well, it was a, a bit of a long journey. I, I graduated from college and actually went to medical school for a year and realized that was not my path in the future. And so I dropped out after a year and moved back to Chapel Hill to kind of regroup. And that's when I started working for Frank. And I also went back to school for some other stuff. And um, in that time, I don't know if you ever encountered School Kids Records, the record store. That uh, absolutely. Yeah. The guy owned it, Pepper, owned one in Gainesville, and he knew I was looking around the country for a place to open a club, and I had a various cities I was going to to check out, and he said, you should come check out Gainesville. It could really use a good club, and so I did what he said. And You know, I always I wondered, why did you call it the covered dish? Well, I'm... I'm I didn't really, and still don't think I'm that great at naming things, so I actually asked a bunch of friends for suggestions, and and I have a friend in Chapel Hill named Mary Robinson Cruz who came up with that name, and it, it at the time, anyway, it uh, really embodied a lot of this sort of inclusive, southern, sort of welcoming, uh, cultural sort of feeling that I get uh, when I think about you know, living in the South, and it's not necessarily related to music, but it is related to people coming together and communing over, you know, great things they bring to each other, and I think that applies to music as well, and so that was sort of the generation of that name. Okay, okay. I want to play something here, and also the first time I got to share a stage with you was with this band, the Kazi Way.
like to see. What I want 
Say to me, you'll give me power, power and glory, but you don't know what power is, what power is, you think it's wisdom, but you don't What wisdom is Because you're stupid You are so dumb So very foolish Science English Social For Pedro show, yeah, that's a uh, way with message from the pulpit and many birthdays, brand new animal electric guided by voices. I love kangaroos, brand new from Midwest Med- Medicine. Everything I have to offer the field specters out of Oklahoma City with it's only a shower. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. Don't what need a shower. shower. Don't need a shower. <laughs> but what a shower. <laughs> <laughs> and, shower was you know what? Everyone else is glad too because there was an odor to it. Okay, <clears throat> bullets or balloons from uh, uh, Spokanistan with the system. Shumsky Zagreb with uh, Yavor. We're going to talk to him next month. Uh, yeah, great, great. Uh, Wata with Angel out of Tokyo. The Fallen Pebbles. This is your buddy, right? Uh, yeah, Jackie. Jackie, I want to see her sitting in my mate's chair. And then finally, what power is by the Kazi way? Yeah, you're telling me, uh, Jackie, there, he, he had some challenges too, and music helped him. It sure did. It, it became his obsession, and I think it's his, his lifeline. It's everything he loves. Right. And he's a big fan of the Garage 60s? Absolutely, yeah. He's immersed in it. Yeah, yeah, bitchin'. So... The Kazi way. We we heard a couple of tunes there. This is where I first get to play with you. Yeah. After playing for you, I get to play with you, share stage with you, and uh, uh, the the mastermind was a cat named Scott. How, how did you get involved? Well, Scott's girlfriend at the time was a good friend of mine, and she knew that I didn't play any music, and he really wanted people who hadn't played much music to be in this band, and so she asked me if I wanted to be in a band and. I jumped at the chance, and we had he had some songs already, and he put the band together pretty quickly, and we had four practices and went on tour. Wow, four practices! <laughs> God damn! <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's beauty of naivete. Yeah, yeah, of course, right? Yeah, but that that's actually one of the I think cornerstones of our movement to get balls up like that, you know. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, it changed my life. I can't thank Scott enough and Tracy for not, not, lighting that fuse, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Scott, I'm very grateful, too, that you got Bill going. Uh, uh, explain to the listeners about the Causey Weight. It was a little different than uh, most bands, right? Very much so, yeah. Um, there was this underlying concept that was sort of based in, um, you know, sort of, the resentment or like we were just trying to make fun of the sort of hypocrisy and the bullshit involved in modern kind of commercial Christianity. Um, you know, Scott's a pretty devout Christian in his own, in his own way. And we all took offense at a lot of the sort of right wing, um, Jerry Falwell kind of path to crazy right wing Christianity and, you know, nothing against Christianity in its essence, but we just didn't see people behaving very Christian-like in that. And so that was like an underlying motive and, and part of the sort of concept of the, the theatrics we did. And so it took form in in our sort of stage performances, but it also was interesting because Scott resembled, um, uh, what's his name? David from- Koresh. Derek Crash, yeah, yeah. So it was easy to pull it. The wacko from Waco. <laughs> yeah, I was on tour when that was going down. I-35, I'm going between Dallas and Austin, and there's some cat with the table on the side of the road by the gas station selling little David Corrish dolls. You know what? This shit's going down. Wow. Yeah, anyway, yeah, that's trippy, because huh? with the, gla- the wireframe square glasses. Yeah. Actually, you spent some time here in SoCal with some musician. Because he was wow. a musician guy, wow. yeah. Anyway, anyway, people, uh, kind of like some trippy kind of revival thing, but it was a put-on, you know, but uh, yeah, I, also, you know what? For some reason, I always felt a, a Devo dimension. 
there's very much a Devo dimension as well as the B-52s. Yes, and, yes, yes. And Jello Biafra, you know, everything. Right, is right, like right. Nation of those things that was the musical sort of uh, blanket that we were kind of jumping off from. Right. And they had stickers, people, that said the Kazi way is not a cult. <laughs> Although everything about us was screaming cults. <laughs> <laughs> you guys were great, man. Uh, and they all wore uh, these uh, white outfits, and it was it was a pretty a good package kind of thing. And how long did that go for? We played from 96 through 2000. Okay, so four-year run. Yeah. That's pretty yeah. good. And now, sure. now, now Scott's painting. Okay. Yep. Hey, but he's also had other bands, too. He has a band with his wife called Pilot Scott Tracy, although I'm not sure they're playing anymore. And Tracy's got a band called Silver Machine, and I think they have a record coming out on Alternative Tentacles pretty soon, too. Silver Machine. Was that a Hawkwind? It, it, it could very well be. That may be where that name came from. It might be a Hawkwind <laughs> song or a record or something. And you know who played bass in that band, right? Lemmy. Lemmy, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they left. Although there's a notorious U.S. tour where they leave them. Bye bye. And he used to sing like the high parts. He was kind of crucial. And also that bass, man. He was doing that shit way back. Yeah, he was bitching. <laughs> Much respect to him. So, uh,. After after the Kazi way, was music over? Well, I thought it was, but then um, my buddy Jay Holland from Pensacola, who is from New Orleans now, got in touch with me in the early 2000s, I forget what year, and he asked me if I wanted to be in this movie that our friend Henry Griffin was producing, and it's this short film called The Tor Tortured by Joy, and it was... Um, Inspired by the French film La Jete, I don't know if you've seen it, but it's a yeah. movie shot in stills. And so um, Henry invited me over to New Orleans to be a, uh, one of the main characters in this movie. And we shot the whole thing in stills around New Orleans. And looking at it now, it's really great to see because it was all pre-Katrina. And uh, New Orleans is quite different now. And yeah. so it's a, it's a pretty great document. And it's a really interesting movie. Um, we got John Lurie to do the narration. So it's a pretty, pretty cool production. And you did music for it. Well, that was the funny thing. It was about, the, the movie was about these two guys that meet at AA. And my character teaches the other guy how to play bass and we form a punk rock band to kind of work out our frustrations with our substance abuse and trying to stay off whatever we're trying to stay off of and life is kind of falling apart for the guy that character that i meet but um we formed this band and so after we made the movie we said well let's really make this band and and so jay wrote all the songs and the titles from the movie and we got together in New Orleans and recorded the songs. Uh, the one you just played is, is from that session. Yeah, this this band is called the Convalesces. Yeah, and um, we put that music together and decided to do a tour with it, with the movie. And so we did a short tour where we would show the movie, which is only about 10 or 12 minutes long. And then we would tear, we'd show it on a sheet in the front of the stage and then tear it down. And we had costumes in that band, too, and played our characters to the T and... We just burned through our set in about 12, 15 minutes and had a really great experience doing that. So so the set was as long as the movie. <laughs> exactly, yeah. That was something we were really So the whole about. fucking, the whole enchilada was like a half hour, right? Yeah, exactly. It's like when around. I first saw the Ramones, you know, after three-hour arena rock shows. It was like, oh, yeah. whoa. <laughs> like, that's one ELP song. Hey, we're at the end of the first hour. November 8, 2018 edition Wapdito Show. Special guest Bill Bryson. Hold tight for hour two.
November 8, 2018. It's the second hour. What for Pedro Show.
Watt for Pedro Show. Start the second hour off with Time Is Now from the Causeway. Bill there. That was Join a really fun song. I recorded that one in Athens with Andy Baker at the studio that he was partners at the time with David Barbie, I think you know David. Dave Barbie, yeah, bass man and sugar, Bob Moe. Yeah, and he's got that Chase Transduction Chase Trans Chase Transduction Studio in Athens where the Causeway record both are um, records for alternative tentacles. Yeah, that kind of sounded trippy there, Bill. Uh, you got your hand over the mic? <laughs> nope, I'm right next to it. Okay, now it's better. But it Can sounded like kind of a butt dial. <laughs> 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 okay, and then... Yeah, then we had Vetonova with Urban Poem, uh, Meditation, not Meditation, Meditation, <laughs> Trio with Aho, uh, Desert, NW Live, The Nightingales with The Crunch, uh, this is from a couple days ago. The Gears, I think their last gigs ever, they're in Spain. And uh, Don't Be Afraid to Pogo. And finally, Kick the Monkey Out by Convalescence. Now now, now Kick the Monkey Out makes sense. The, at the AA meeting, they're kicking the monkey out. Okay, I was wondering about that time. Okay, so uh, after that tour and stuff, you, you, you're back in Gainesville. And you get a ranch, right? Yeah, well, that's a little later, but... Um I thought I was going to be leaving Gainesville at some point and I had a two-year plan to leave Gainesville and move to New York. And about a year into that plan, I had an epiphany, which I've never had before in my life. I was just walking down the hallway at my mom and dad's house and I felt like I got a literal lightning bolt strike in my head and it stopped me in my tracks and said, you're supposed to stay in Florida. And so I had to think about that for a while because that could have just been fear talking, but it was a little bit more than that. And um, I think I was destined to stay here because shortly after that, I bought some land. I've been looking to invest in some land, and I found some land that I really liked, and that has turned into a 200-acre cow farm at this point where I live now. And, you know, most people, I think, when in their mind, they're imagining Florida, it's more like Everglades. <laughs> You know, and I've stayed at this ranch. It is a yeah. bitching place. Did you know about cows? Huh? Did you already yeah. know about cows? What did you say, Matt? Did you already know about cows? Any what cows? Did, did, did you already know about them? Oh, no, I just kind of backed into that. The um, the farmer that lived next door died in a kind of a dramatic way. This giant live oak got struck by lightning and split in three pieces the night he died. Um, but rather than let the hillbillies take over the farm next door to me at the time, because they wanted to use it for hunting, and I don't have any problem with hunters, but I just don't like random bullets flying around. Yeah, next door. <laughs> <laughs> I decided to take over the cow farm, and it came with a cow hand, so it didn't it didn't all fall on me right away. Um, but yeah, that's how it all got started. Wow, cool. Okay, okay. And uh, what about Grow Radio? Well, Gainesville, for, you know, even when I was preparing to move here in 92, it uh, had no college radio at a university. The University of Florida is here, and they have 50,000 students and no college radio, which wow, still comes to my mind. And so for years, we were just trying to get the students to push to get a station started, and they, they just couldn't get anything going. And so at the time, we thought we, well, I actually was involved in starting a low-power FM station as well in the late 90s. We still have that one here today. Um, of course, I can't think of their call letters right now. <laughs> but um, anyway, it's um, it, I, I stepped away from that because for various reasons and decided to start an Internet radio station, and that's what Grow Radio is. 
Right. And what's the URL? At schoolradio.org. So G R O W A R A D I O. Dot O-R-G. O-R-G. Yeah, okay. so, so I want to go back to the cows for a minute. Brother so, Matt wants to ask you about the cows, Bill. You ever play music for the cows? Yeah, occasionally. Cool. I, I've got a little, um, you know, Bluetooth speaker I'll take out on my ATV and hang out while, and play music for them while they're chomping away at the grass. They like it, huh? They love it. Yeah, that's cool. I see some videos of cows loving, it, for loving music. Sit, sit Come running for it. And listen to them chomp on grass. Uh, it, do, do, they like, do they like a particular style? I think the calmer the better. Yeah, more know. calm. <laughs> Makes the note Pink, taste better. Pink Floyd had well, a yeah, yeah. record. Now, this is right after Sid left, and I think it's called Adam Hartmother. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> I think it's like some spacey trip out on cows or something. The other side's got some collection of songs, but the first... So, and then they were with the symphony. It's some mm. weird kind of, I guess Deep Purple did. Everybody's got to play with the symphony uh. in those days. And yeah, so it's like some kind of mixture of rock and, yeah. And, and there's a cow. Yeah. The Adam Hart mother. Okay. That's a trip. Didn't mean to sidetrack you. <laughs> so, so and, in, and the idea of Grow Radio is, yeah, give Gainesville a voice. Well, yeah, we were trying to create what was already, what was missing, you know. We, I, I, I learned, I got to be a DJ at WXYC in Chapel Hill, uh-huh. and uh, really, I mean, college radio is really where my musical mind opened up after those years in London, you know, that told me there was something different, and then when I got to UNC 89.1, I just tuned into that and, and just soaked it up like a sponge and uh, got to be a DJ for a couple of years, which really opened me up. And then moving down to Florida, not having any of that was just, it was like a gut punch. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Out in the desert. So, you know, had to get music the way you could get it at the time. Lots right. of mixtape. But Brother Matt just showed me the, he has this Pink Floyd album. There's cows uh, on the back, too. Nice. <laughs> the whole thing's cows. Okay. They look happy. Okay. And they do look happy. They look like, uh, I think they're called Holstein. Black yeah, those are cows. Black and white? Yeah, those are for milking. Mine are for beef. Okay. Oh, good. Most of, mine are, most of mine are Hereford and Angus crosses with Brahmin and Mashona. So you got a bunch of castrated boys, then? Those are the ones that we're eating, yeah, the steers. <laughs> Killer barbecue? Get some yeah. killer barbecue going. You got a big uh, yeah. barbecue? Yeah, I got a huge one, and I got a got a steer that's being processed right now. We'll have fresh beef in about a week. Whoa! Nice. Okay. Uh, you know what we got coming <laughs> right now? Another edition of the Spin Cycle with Brother Matt. Cool.
made you do what you just did to us right now with your spin cyclage? Well, that ended on some bad math, but okay. but uh, just knocking the rust off of being out of whack for a while, and so I'm just trying to just get back in action. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so we, we talked about Todd a little bit in there, so so I got some Todd action. Toys Todd kill. People, Recess Had Records, some, uh, Todd Congelier. Uh, Toys That Kill, five-year plan. He is a mover in this Pedro town, even though he's from Torrance. He's happy. No longer a Torrance dude. Yeah, and, and uh, had Thrill Seeker started off just because someone gave me that record. And yeah, we um, uh, They're local dudes, Dave, Dave Gaspar. Um, okay. They've been around for a while. They've been happening. I think they're playing whiskey pretty soon or just the passed. Whiskey and uh, go-go. Yeah, so they, they've been uh, they've been. I heard it's pay to play there. Um, <laughs> I don't know. That place always <laughs> trippy. You know, I was doing some things. Guys invited me up there for the, like, you'd go up there and do three songs. It was first uh, at that bowling alley at Highland. Oh, yeah, yeah. In Hollywood, and then they switched it to the Whiskey mm-hmm. Go-Go. And, yeah. I ain't been invited back. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe they ain't happening anymore. They're sweet guys. They're all beautiful guys. Matt Stark. Yeah. Uh, I think he plays with, uh, who's that bass man from Buffalo? Billy Sheehan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But Mr. Big, right? Mm-hmm. Or something like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. <coughs> Sorry for that. Yeah. Strong mother. <laughs> <laughs> Look, um, we're at the end of the second hour, November 8th, 2008. Tina Dishwap, Pedro Show special guest, Bill Bryson. Yeah. Hold tight right. for hour three. November 8th, 2018. It's the third hour. Watt from Pedro Show.
どうもありがとうございました。Show start off the third hour with compound lessons from the Kazi way. Then we uh, had a uh, amiophone and sawako, really sawako. Sorry, I'm going this side with uh, Kazuyu. No, <laughs> shit, <laughs> going this side again. Kazuya Atsumoto, and that's something live called Recording a Meeting Part One. Trippy. I don't know how you practice a piece like that. But uh, come lessons after that with Chuck Horrors. Uh, Bill, who, who's Chuck Horrors? You know, I don't know. You'll have to ask Jay. Okay. He wrote that song. <laughs> he may not be a real person, but he's a real character. <laughs> okay. Uh, now, no, we've talked about Grow Radio. Uh, actually, uh, the main theme uh, I want to talk to you about is this book. But I wanted people to understand the man did this book, what went into his music journey to do this. So tell us sure. about this book. Well, the book came about through the, the hear that journey you're talking about, but um, I had this club in Gainesville, the covered dish from 92 to 2000, yeah. and we kept a Polaroid camera locked and loaded behind the bar all the time, and we would 
take candid pictures, not just the staff, but we would hand it off to customers and artists that perform there. And so you get all kinds of different photos over the years, and we would staple these photos to the wall. So we had, you know, during the time the place was open, probably over a thousand photos on the wall at a time. I think we'd take them and we'd replace them, and we just keep taking more and more pictures. And so when I, um, closed the club in 2000 and I was you know packing everything up I pulled what photos were left off the wall and put in my box and there was six or seven hundred of them still and stuff went in storage for a long time and back you know probably about 10 years later I opened up the storage unit to clean it all out and found that box and opened it up and and the aroma that came out of it was like a, a time warp it was, the aroma it had an odor to it it really did it, it smelled just like the club did and it took me right to the place in time where it was and so when i started looking through them i i got excited because there was something pretty special about them and um you know some of the pictures were at that point about 20 years old and I'd spoken to my friend Michael Galinsky. I don't know if you knew Mike. He was in the book Loopy Head. Yeah, I remember. I remember Mike. He's a photographer and an artist. And he made this book several years ago called Miles Across America. That was... I was leaning towards the mic. Um, yeah, Michael uh, took photos of malls in America when he was on tour with his band in 89 and 90 and put out this book. And so I was inspired by him and talked to him about these photos and how they might be uh, good for a book. And he told me a story about his book. He had actually approached a publisher about 10 years after he had taken the photos, and the publisher told him, you need to wait 20 years before you put out something like this because 20 years is really the amount of time for things to get a little cultural weight. And I think he was right because these Polaroids, being 20 years old, really you, you feel something when you're looking at them. There's, there's some history and some energy and some something special about them that you know that's made me want to make a book out of it and so that's out of those 700 i picked about a hundred that really seemed to capture something special like an energy or just a feeling or a sign of the times kind of thing and, and there's something universal to them as well although they are specific to a place in a time in gainesville florida i think they speak to a lot of what was going on around the country in rock clubs all over the place and, and it's obviously it speaks to you personally too, right? Because of course, yeah, you yeah. see those, yeah, yeah. But then for other cats, it's kind of yeah, maybe a document. Yeah, I think it's very much a document. In fact, somebody I know from North Carolina who never even came to the club made a comment about it, saying, "I don't know, who, I know all these people in this book, and I've never met any of them." You know, because <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Now represent a certain population during that. You know, eight or so years. Okay, Bill. Where can people find out about this book on the internet? Well, it is. I, I sell it through a website, www.allofusarenow.com. It's also available on Amazon if you want to go that route. All of us are now. I'm trying to get your buddy Andrew to distribute it for me. Oh, yeah, right, right. Uh, that's Andrew Rossiter, uh, mm. a Toledo guy. But he lives yeah. here in Cali now and uh, Org Music. Uh, yep, or music, yeah. Right, and they put out a lot of stuff. Andrew's a very adventurous kind of cat. I hope that that comes down. Uh, Me too. Because, you know, there's something about it, being a book, I think, being a, a physical piece of a thing. Of course, we got the flicker and the fake look and the shitter and all that instant ham, but uh, there's something about a tome 
For one thing, it's a lot easier when you're in the head. (laughs) 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 I always got a couple going with bookmarks, you know, a couple pages at a time, you know. (laughs) Last for the year. Definitely good bathroom reading. I can, I can. (laughs) Here, I want to play uh, uh, Te Como Vivo from uh, Cosmo. Oh, yeah, on A. Oh, 
you'll let me be your man And please say to me You'll let me hold your hand I want to hold your hand So let me hold your hand And when I touch you I feel happy Such a feeling that my love I can't hide I can't hide I can't hide <laughs> Oh please
Oklahoma. The Causeway is proof undeniable that we're all about to for Pedro Show, last music for this edition, Causeway, Te Como Vivo. Uh, Ana Diaz. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta give a shout out to Ana, she's yeah, a singer. Absolutely, so. absolutely. Great job. Uh, Jim Carroll after that, something live, When the Flesh Fails. And I remember, you know, uh, one of his wives is my lawyer, Rosemary uh-huh. Carroll. Uh-huh. And she said, what, you want to know Lazy? She said he conked in, in, in the conk sack with the fucking piss bottle. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Pro- 
probably a little warmer too. It's yeah, probably two for jobs. Yeah, that's late. He's talking about Jim Carroll. Yeah, that's what she, she. Rosemary went to Duke, huh? That's that's part of that triangle. By uh, by the way, the medical thing, Durham, Chapel Hill, they call it the medical tri triangle, Raleigh. Research Triangle yeah, Park. Because when yeah. you told me about you, you do a medical school. Then we had Fuxitos with I Want to Hold Your Hand, Ashtray Heart, which is great, uh, Cap Beef Heart, so, uh, with Maureen, and finally the Causey Way, Science Made Me a Homo Sapien. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Bill, Bill, what yes. advice would you give to somebody? Because you, you've had a righteous journey and it's still going. Yeah. What kind of advice would you give? In general? Like a young person getting into the shit, yeah. Just be cool with people. <laughs> that's the general advice. I think that's great advice. Yeah. yeah. In fact, we even need more of that. <laughs> yeah. and, and, and Bill, what's your future plans? Future plans are exciting. I mean, um, trying to promote this book, get this stuff out there. It's the first publication. I have a nonprofit called Number 9 Productions, and I do lots of stuff through that. I have an art. Exhibition kind of group. We do big art exhibitions through that, and we um, that was what through Grow Radio. It was that, and I, I produced a TV show called Cypress Sessions, which is similar. It's inspired by Austin City Limits, and it, it highlights musicians from Florida as well as the state. We take people around different parts of the state and film them there as well. Yeah. And um, so that's in a number nine production as well. And this book is the, like I said, the first publication in the publishing arm of the company. So we're going to start putting out more books as well. Ah. But, uh, but on the, I mean, in the moment, I'm really excited because I just um, started renovating this theater in Gainesville, the Florida Theater, which is a beautiful old venue that was a movie theater in the 1920s, and it had a great history in the 70s and 80s as the Great Southern Music Hall. I mean, everybody who was kind of a big name and playing thousand person venues played there it was like bb king and johnny winter and earl scruggs and pat i think pat uh God, what's his name boom boom out go the lights i think he recorded a live album there travers. but uh pat travers is yeah. That, yeah yeah, was, uh, yeah. Drink, snorting <laughs> whiskey and drinking cho-cho or some shit. <laughs> yeah yeah snorting whiskey and drinking cocaine <laughs> yeah well uh that's a, that's the deep history of that building and um, it's been sort of tortured for the last 15 or so years by different dance clubs and I'm making it a, a music venue again. Man, you wow. are happening. you got all kinds of cool shit going on. Totally. Yeah. That's very, it's, very inspiring, Bill. I, I really, really... It's a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm really into it. I think... And I think what you're doing is kind of infectious. And you know I what I mean? So. I think... It, yeah, I think... Uh, Someone like you, it's more about the doing than the saying. It's not yeah, just I talk. I, you I, like I, to do I, shit. You like to get stuff done. Yeah, I lead by example. Yeah. And it's been a great, great honor to have you on the show, truly. Brother Matt, yeah. thank you so much for your always essential aiding and abetting. Pleasure. It's been uh, November 8, 2000. What was, what was the wisdom? Uh, we should be more be cool, cool with yeah. each other, right? All the time. <laughs> be excellent to each other. That's right. Yeah, I like that a lot. <laughs> Bill, thank you again, Brother Matt. Sure. November 8, 2018 edition bought Pedro Show. It took me two times to get through that. <laughs> Keep your Thanks. powder dry. Yeah.